a week, what a week, and what a time to be alive in the National Football League. And what a time to be the Sunday card here, right here on Spotify and Google on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts uh, on Sports Country Radio over the weekend. If you're listening to us, thank you so much for listening at sportscountry.net. Um, Matty Ice, Matty C. Matt Silberth is here. Your boy, Danny Red Hots. Dan Zampano is here talking to you right now. Uh, just the duo today. No Lewis, no Chris. Uh, and we have just finished a crazy weekend. The NFL draft. All the mock drafts are over. No more draft talk. It's all about grades. It's about grades. How did you do in school this week, Billy? Oh, we drafted Zach Wilson and Elijah Vera Tucker to the Jets. Okay, we'll talk about all that stuff today. Matty Ice. That's not the only thing we're going to talk about because something crazy happened, but it's good to hear from you, my friend. It's good to good to hear from you. Good to see you. Uh, and uh, there, there has been a lot of craziness that happened uh, in the NFL um, across all sports. This is not a hockey podcast, but my day has been ruined today by what the Rangers front office is doing. Yes. A lot of madness going on in the world of sports. And I'm watching an actual UFC fight happen on the ice at Madison Square Garden tonight uh, as well as that. But a lot of madness in the draft, a lot of madness uh, right before the draft. Um, are we getting it right to that? The, the news that Adam Schefter wanted to drop on all of our heads uh, about yes. 30 minutes prior to the draft starting? It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Right prior to the draft, all of a sudden on NFL Live, bombshell that stole the entire draft. And it was that Aaron Rodgers does not want to return to Green Bay, which is bananas and would set the league on fire if that was to happen he has said that he is unhappy with the front office the man brian good to however you say his name is um <laughs> yeah. has been on on blast he's now being said as he's referred to by rogers as jerry Krause, which is so so like oh, that is so much shade like <laughs> touch touch of the devil there yeah like that's a ton of shade for aaron Rodgers to put out and aaron Rodgers like kind of like comparing, I don't know if he's comparing himself to Michael Jordan there, but like, he's just like going to going there. So it's, it's just, it, it's such a crazy story that came out. And I don't know, I never really got your reaction when we did the Facebook live, by the way, everybody that watched the Facebook live of the NFL draft um, on, uh, on our Facebook page, uh, that was awesome. Thank you very much. But what was your initial reaction to Aaron Rodgers wanting to leave? Are you on the Aaron Rodgers side or are you on maybe the Green Bay side? Yeah, I mean, look, we're we're in the day and age. Players have all the power now, especially a player like Aaron Rodgers. Um, and it, it, to me, it was kind of like, you know, no kidding that he wants to get it. This has been a, a boiling point, I think, for a little while now, especially, I mean, back last year, Jordan Love trading up to get a quarterback instead of giving him weapons. And, and just in general that, um, you know, Rodgers is kind of a, a grumpy guy it doesn't like you know maybe got maybe kind of was the reason Matt Mc, uh, Mike McCarthy was pushed out of town didn't like Mike McCarthy and you know kind of wants to get his way and I mean he's gonna get his way because I don't think he's gonna he's not coming back to Green Bay at all as far as you know this story has developed in the past few days since the draft and it's only been more that I am not coming back and playing for this team he does not like the ownership or the GM or whoever he doesn't like in that front office yeah, and, and you know what's so crazy about all this is that people are saying, you know, well, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, ungrateful. He should have won more in Green Bay. 
And, you know, that is not entirely true. I mean, I think the Packers really should have won more, but if Aaron Rodgers is not in Green Bay, the Packers are nowhere near where they are, nowhere close. So to me, like, you have to understand that Aaron Rodgers is at another level. There's not too many three-time NFL MVPs. There aren't. So with that whole situation, it's like you're doing everything to piss the guy off, everything. And he's put up with it. He's put up with it for years. And he's been coachable. First, I think the worst mistake was hiring Matt LaFleur. I know they've been to two NFC championship games, but I'll tell you something. Matt LaFleur dropped the ball in those NFC championship games. Did he not? Like they got dominated by San Francisco and then he made absolutely horrendous calls. I, I remember me and you were talking about that, like run they just never went back to the off tackle running the outside running uh, again, the third, obviously it's kicking the field goal at the end of the game. Like there were so many things that like that, alone that hiring alone was like kind of a, a, a an after effect of this and then drafting Jordan Love is the only offensive player within the last 10 years that they've ever drafted in the first round so and not extending his contract I mean like what more does this guy have to do for you to you know be ultra committed like you say you're committed but then like don't do all of these things to help out the rest of the team um, and then like the whole Jake Kumaro story, which is like a hilarious story. But like, you know, I, I just don't see I don't know how you can blame Aaron Rodgers from a human perspective, not just a football perspective. It's like, all right, this is a business. Then if this is a business, then let's treat it like a business and let's not be immature and tell me that you're going to draft a quarterback in the first round instead of leaving me in the dark. You know, I don't yeah, know. yeah, it seems to me like he's just like they never uh, just again leadership front office group just never really respected Rogers like opinion like I guess you know maybe either got his opinion and then just didn't listen to it or just didn't have him involved in in a lot of the decisions which if you have this guy who is going to be the cornerstone of your franchise that you build everything about your team around maybe get him involved in some of the decisions and the way the direction the team is going from the coaching to this to the personnel to what kind of you know game they want to play I mean it just seems like that relationship was frayed a long time ago and he just hasn't even been really involved in the direction of the team. And so I can't blame him that he's 37 and he's like, I got a few years left and I'm not dealing with this at the end of my, you know, at the end of this career. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, and it's at the point where now people are saying that he's sabotaging free agents. I, I, I did see that. He said, he said he was telling them the whole time to not sign with them, which again, I have a hard time believing with like Aaron Jones re-signing and like guys on the other team, you know, a lot of guys on the team re-signed this year. I don't believe anything that comes out of those stories right now that it is Aaron Rodgers saying that. I believe that it's the team putting it out there. I really believe that. Like, I, I think that they are trying to spin this story in a way that makes them look good. And I don't believe a freaking word of it. They're a bunch of liars. Mark Murphy. I say, well, look, these reporters are in everybody's pocket because Adam Schefter didn't get the news about that story right before the draft. Adam Schefter had that news about a week in his pocket and might have been told by a certain someone to release it just at the right time when everybody's eyes are on the NFL and maybe mess with the Packers right before a draft, make them scramble so that they don't mess up and take another quarterback like they did last year. I love that angle. I love the angle that Rodgers strategically like released that right before to like 
you screwed me last year at the draft. I'm going to make, I'm going to like humiliate you guys this year at the draft. If you don't believe all, you either believe all the rumors or you believe none of the rumors. And I choose to believe all of them because it's way more fun. <laughs> Look, we, we need Lou here for this talk with uh, as far as how media is being, media is controlling what we see, but that's a whole talk for another day. Big brother, man. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. But listen, you know, wherever Aaron Rodgers wants to go, including a certain mile high city that didn't draft a quarterback this year. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, mortgage, the future mortgage, everything. I, I mean, I saw that um, basically there again, another more reports, all this stuff coming around about Rogers. It's, it's honestly been like the talk of the draft now because it's just absolutely dominated headlines that uh, the reported value from another NFC GM said it would take at least two firsts and a second. I mean, that's right away. If we could just do that flat rate, I mean, I'm fine with that. Do it right now. Um, you know, you got to think that's that's just about what uh, Stafford went for. So it was two firsts, a third, and Jared Goff. So I feel like you're paying a lot more for Aaron Rodgers. But then you've got the side where he's he's out and Green Bay has no, you know, has no card. He's either going to – you're going to trade a player or he's going to go post Jeopardy. This this was Jeopardy. This will this will this will go all summer. Like this will go all summer until until that's over. And and one side's going to cave or not. And I don't think the side's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I I oh. just don't. He's he's too much of his own man. You know how he is. Like he's he's comfortable in making decisions that may be unpopular to other people. But he's he's his own person. He's getting freaking married to Shailene Woodley. I'd go live out with Shailene Woodley and 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 quit. I got millions of dollars and a cabin in Wisconsin, and I can live with Shailene Woodley. Heck, freaking yeah, I'm doing that. Look, look, look. Just do it. Just do it at the Red Rocks in Colorado. It'll be fine. Yeah, It'll be gorgeous. <laughs> just do the same thing at the Red Rocks. Uh, no, exactly. I mean, he is he's a grudge. He doesn't. The man doesn't talk to members of his family to this yeah. day over some grudges. So. He has no problem doing it to the Green Bay Packers. Not at all. I'm imagining right now Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley laying on the lawn at Red Rocks, lighting, sparking one up, you know, just like being like that. Like that's what I'm To the the, the Lumineers. Yeah, the Lumineers or Dave Matthews Band. That would be awesome. Like it would be really funny. It would be really funny to see that. Um, That would light the internet on fire. Uh, (laughs) Let's let's go to the the quarterbacks here. Let's go. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. Speaking of lighting the internet on fire, oh, I'm sorry. That was a good. That was a good transition. That's, I thank God I jumped in there. Um, so we had some activity um, on our Twitter account, on our social medias, particularly you, Dan. Um, look, we are in the sports uh, podcasting and sports betting industry, so clearly we are familiar with a certain outlet called Barstool Sports. Um, and if you're familiar with Barstool Sports, then you're probably familiar with their uh, fearless leader, Dave Portnoy, um, who was so kind as to uh, give a little message to Dan for his presentation that he had for his master's class. Events, and most importantly, fuck your pussy-ass professor who hates Barstool. He's probably a snowflake, never made a dime in his life, never built something in his life. Fuck him in the face. How's that for a little message, boy? Dan, oh. I don't know what. And that concludes this presentation. (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) this is a crazy story. So basically, 
this is the wild thing that happened this week. I am doing my master's program down at Liberty University. And obviously, if you know Liberty University, you know that Liberty is uh, very conservative and strict and, you know, big Christian environment. So I decided that I was going to do my presentation for my sports finance class on Penn National, of course, who owns Barstool Sports, like 35% of them. And um, it ended up, I just, all, two hours before my presentation, I thought it'd be kind of fun to just be like, hey, Dave, like, you know, my professor hates you uh, and hates Barstool. Could you send me a video about Penn and shut him up? And never, ever thought that that was going <laughs> to be, uh, that was going to be something that like caught fire. And so a bunch of people responded to it and I went and did something else. And half an hour later, I'm looking at my phone and uh, I see it and I get a text from somebody and it says legend. And I'm like, who's a legend? Like, what are you talking about? And I text them back and they're like, dude, did you see the video? And I'm like, no freaking way. Like, and I basically went on Twitter and I realized I had like 800 notifications, like absolutely mm. fire blown up. And I'm, and I go and watch the video and Dave is saying just like, F <laughs> this guy in the face. And like, you know, your professor's like the professor's a pussy and like all this crazy stuff. Like we'll put the explicit, I guess on this one, but like, it's, it was just so funny. And I was like, I don't know if I can put this up, but everybody on Twitter is just like, you have to play the video. You have to record it. Like, well, blah, blah, this and that. I call my buddy. I text him. Like, what do you think? He's like, you have to. And I was like, screw it. Like if I fail, like I'll retake the class. <laughs> I don't care. Mm -hmm. So I basically, you know, just did it, recorded it. And luckily my professor was cool about it. And he was just like, secretly, I like Barstool or something like that. And he, it was just so funny. And like, just absolutely murdered him, put his freaking feelings and splattered them against the wall. And it was awesome. So thank you, Dave Portnoy. That's a, that's a, that's our viral story for this week, I guess. Yeah. I mean, talk about, talk about a quick little 15. I mean, that, yeah, that many Twitter notification. I mean, that is, that is viral, my friend. That was, that really went off and, um, the video response by you was fantastic as well. A great camera work where you had your friend filming in the class and then you had the first to face on view, which was just, just absolute dynamite camera work there. If I have to say so myself, it was a really great clip. Again, if you haven't seen any of this, please go to any of our Twitters. Uh, you can check out the Sunday at the Sunday card. We were tweeting it out on there. Me at Maddie SGT. And of course the man, the viral man, the viral legend at Danny underscore red hots, I think is what, how it is. Okay. That Danny one's pinned. That's that's pinned to the profile, and uh, it's going to be pinned for quite a while. For I quite think. a while. That's right. So Dave, Dave has like five hundred and seventy-one thousand views, or something like that, on the video. Oh, he he has. I mean, he has well over a million followers. So it's not often you get retweeted by a guy with over a million followers. Yeah, it's, I think he's over two million actually. So yeah. uh, I I don't even know. I got to go back and look. But he has on the, on his video, he has like five hundred and seventy thousand views, and then my video of the response has. I don't know, like 35,000 or something crazy, but it's got yeah. like thousands and thousands of likes. So it's just, it's, it was a bananas day, bananas day. Insane, insane Saturday, but uh, back to the quarterback hours, back to the, back to, that. Back to some, <laughs> back to the NFL news because we are just swimming in the NFL. And clearly again, the talk of the, the draft was quarterbacks, including Aaron Rodgers but we had five big names that we thought were going to go in the first round. And they kind of fell in line with our mock draft that we did, Danny. We got four of the five 
correctly placed in the right spots. And we actually had a caveat that if the, I said it, like if the bears, if fields or Lance falls to 11, I would, I would have traded up for, with the giants there. So, so in our mock draft, so we really like we're on point with exactly how it went. Obviously Lawrence and Wilson, we all know we're going, but like, I think our big contention, I guess we'll start with Trey Lance because that was like the big moment of the night was what's going to happen. Like are the 49ers going to, are going to pick Lance or Jones and, and uh, it happened that day, like the day before the markets completely changed. It was like Lance was like on Monday was like plus 400 to go to the 49ers. And by, by Thursday afternoon, he was minus 130 favorite. So we were like, are the markets right? Are they not? Like Jones is still plus 110. Like it was really crazy, but we freaking nailed it. Trey Lance. I mean, your reaction to that was, was awesome to watch on the Facebook live. Yeah, it was sweet. I mean, it just felt, you know, just like it, it kind of felt, I just felt like I was, I was right about something. I could just read the tea leaves as far as, again, like the, the two things that just make sense to me were just that, like, again, you don't trade that many picks to go up and get like a Mac Jones, who I just don't know gives you so much more than Jimmy Garoppolo versus like a freak athlete, rusher, passer, weapon like Trey Lance's and still fits in line with the Jimmy G storyline, which i I was watching NFL live again today and they're saying like, can Trey Lance not even start for two years potentially? Like, so that's, that's crazy as well. You know, which way do they go with it? I, I think Jimmy starts the season. Trey's probably in there by the end of the year, which we always see with, you know, uh, you know, rookie quarterbacks coming in unless they're playing well, but uh, it'll, that situation now is one of the more intriguing as far as when does Trey Lance start? Yeah, I don't think I, I I don't think that he'll start right away per se. I do think he's raw. What I'm interested in is the the political game that gets played behind the scenes, um, and whether Shanahan really wanted to make that pick or he was swayed in the last few days. Because all the reports were saying, "Oh, it was Trey Lance from the beginning. It was Trey Lance from the beginning." And if you read between the lines, like, then why was everybody saying that Mac Jones was the guy? at 98% of the league was like, no, Mac Jones is his dude. And then all of a sudden the last week, they like talked to Trey Lance's parents and like all this different stuff. And you remember all those things coming out, those rumor mill. And, and it's just, I, I wonder if that's their guy. I just wonder. And, and to me, it's like Trey Lance actually, I think is way different than all the other quarterbacks that Shanahan has worked with. And I think that means that you're going to see a little bit of a different San Francisco 49ers offense going forward this year. That's, that's my hunch about it. Yeah. I'm curious again, if it was, if it was pressure, if it was that they really just kept things so tight to their chest and everything that we heard was absolute speculation and fabrication as far as, you know, because members of the, the front office and the personnel staff said they didn't know who they were going to take up until the draft. Um, so it's a matter of if it was that, or if it was the pressure or, or if again, yeah, maybe Kyle Shanahan had, had an awakening and said, look, you know, Mac Jones is the guy that I, I would have used in the past, but maybe I need to, uh, you know, take it up, go next level with it and, and decide to go Trey Lance, but interesting, very interesting. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I, it certainly put the night on its head and, and we were all thinking, okay, I think your first thing was like, where is Mac Jones going to go? And then, and then as the night got on, we, we got to see, you know, uh, we nailed, like, by the way, props up to us, props up to us nailing 
the first seven guys in a row matching them up to the teams. That was like, I, I thought we were going to win the lottery there for a second. Yeah, like I said, it, it, it was good when Lance hit, and then I my thought was when uh, Chase Waddle. I mean, that was just absolutely in the bag. And then after that, I think we kind of felt like we knew we had Sewell. So yeah, I mean, credit. The trade didn't happen exactly the way that we predicted in our mock draft, but again, matched the player to the team as well as Mac Jones to the Patriots. Again, in a different kind of trade-up situation. But the trade-up that happened prior to that, yes. the team that you also alluded to before, the fourth quarterback off the board, Justin Fields, goes to the Chicago Bears, who traded uh, – do you remember what they traded as far as with the deal? It was uh, this it year's was, first, another first? Yeah, it was It was two firsts, and I think – what was it? It was two-thirds or a third and a fourth or something like I that. Think, it was I think that picks. sounds right. It was four picks that they traded to to uh, to the Giants, uh, which, by the way, was the first time that Dave Gettleman had ever traded down, and then he did it again in the second round, which is crazy. He was just, uh, he was feeling himself at that point. Yeah, he he was feeling himself. We'll talk about the Giants in a little bit, but I I thought that was an absolute. I, I thought that was the pick of the night, the absolute pick of the night, just for Chicago to have to save their jobs and save the sinking ship that they were never going to hand over to Andy Dalton and, and to go get this kid. And, and I'm just, I'm thrilled for Justin Fields. I, I think it's awesome that like somebody came up and got him. I, I just think, I, I really think that this is not only was it a good night for the bears, but it was a really bad night for the Packers, just in the sense that they just are screwing up their whole quarterback situation I think for the first time in like 60 years, the bears actually have a good quarterback. <laughs> like, I think that's, I think that's true. Yeah. No, I mean, bears fans are bears fans are extremely ecstatic about the quarterback, but I, I do wonder, like, again, there's this quick reaction and it, it is funny. Cause you said it where it, it's Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace saving their job. So as much as you get the quarterback and you get exactly what you wanted, you are, again, that pretty much means a little bit more time for this GM and head coach usually is when they take a rookie quarterback. And so, you are now still stuck in this situation where if you don't love the head coach, you don't love the GM, but again, you're happy to have the quarterback that you pray will stay with you for the next 15 years. That's what everybody hopes when they're drafting a quarterback in the top, you know, 10, 11 picks. And I was reading an article today uh, by Ted Nguyen on the athletic about his favorite fits. And one of them was Justin Fields. And the reason why was because, you know, when Nagy was in Kansas city working under Reed, they stopped, uh, doing kind of these short passes with, with Alex Smith and started throwing the ball down the field in 2017. And, and it led to like him having like, I think it was something like 8.3 yards, air yards per throw or something. And they did that to build an offense that was going to throw the deep ball more. And eventually, obviously it became the Patrick Mahomes offense that we know today. Um, and I think that's what Nagy wants because in the first year that he had Trubisky, like they did that, they threw the ball down the field. And then the last two years, Trubisky is, regressed and regressed and regressed justin fields was the number one deep ball thrower in the in college football last year and running the air rate so i mean it it is i think it's a really interesting fit to have a, and maybe it also saves Allen robinson from having a contract dispute and maybe they're able to save that too so to me i'm a huge fan of the bears pick huge yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you don't love it. I mean, it's just it's exactly what the team needed. They they were so desperate for a quarterback. You were staring down starting Andy Dalton for 17 games in the regular season, which nobody wants that for their team. So uh Bears fans are pretty happy. Another another mediocrity there, but 
but that there's a new era. There's a new era. Foxborough has a new freaking quarterback, and he's a chubby, wide-hipped, looking like he's walking <laughs> down to meet the sharks on Shark Tank type of quarterback. I mean, that's what he looked like to me when he was walking out of there. I loved, loved Mac Jones coming to New England. He looked like the lunch lady on the way to tell the kids to stop throwing their sloppy joes around. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, again, that was kind of like you said, when Trey Lance went, it's like, all right, well, where's the fit for Mac Jones? And again, it goes way back to before uh, the Mac Jones, you know, before San Fran traded up and everybody kind of had Mac Jones slotting in at 15 to New England. Uh, kind of went back to like, again, the original, uh, some of the original mock drafts that we were first seeing when, when, you know, the draft, everybody was announcing for the draft. And I just think it's a great fit. You got another soft bodied, you know, quarterback that's just going to use not, you know, has not the most physical talents in the world, but is again, like I said between those ears, that cerebral quarterback that, uh, you know, Bill Belichick loves to have. So, so interesting to see the one thing that I just think is so confusing is how, how fast is, you know, you have to decide on the starting quarterback because you can't exactly flip from the Cam Newton offense to the Mac Jones offense right. and go back and forth. They don't necessarily mesh in my head. Uh, I think they ran a lot of what they used to do last year. They just incorporated more things for Cam. So to me, I don't think, listen, Belichick and McDaniels will utilize the player that they have. And to me, if, if they're going to draft a guy like this, you could see on the video, I don't know if you guys saw the video or not, that when they drafted him, but there was like a big meeting, a big huddle with like Elliot Wolf and Dave Ziegler and, and, and Matt Groh and all those guys with Belichick saying, and Belichick is like sitting up there saying like, are we okay with doing this? And my feeling is that Mac Jones was not their number one on their vertical board, I could say. Like, I don't think he was. But I think that they made a decision long ago that if he was there, that they would override that vertical board and take him because of his intellect. And it only fits in with like the Patriot kind of way they want to do it when everybody zigs, they zag type of thing where yep. you're seeing all these like quarterbacks that are going that can do it all that are athletic run four four Zach Wilson's crazy throws at combines. And they're like, we just want a guy that's great under pressure and doesn't turn the ball over. And that's all we want. Like, that's it, you know? And and that's exactly what he is, what he's going to get. Now, he's going to obviously, not only is he going to have to adjust to the NFL and not having Alabama receivers, and, you know, and I don't discredit him because he played in the SEC, but he's also going to have to get used to the New England Patriots receivers. And it's just not a very good receiver room. It's just, it's one of the worst ones. And, you know, they have a great tight end room now, but it's going to be a lot of, I think the old, the old style where you saw the Hernandez Grunk stuff. Like, I think you're going to see a lot of that, like the 2011 style Patriots when Mac Jones, who I don't think will start right away, unless he learns the offense quickly and we see what he looks like in preseason. I don't think he will start right away. And why would he, I mean, you know, there's no reason to rush it in. Um, if you see mm-hmm. Cam, I mean, I'd love to see him start right away, but, you know, I, I don't think – I think he may take over sometime in the beginning of the season, though. I do. Yeah, no, again, I talk about Patriot Way. It doesn't seem very Patriot Way to, to throw your, uh, you know, brand-new quarterback in first game of the year. That's just 
that just doesn't really tend to happen. So, um, yeah, it's, it's super interesting to see where they go uh, moving forward with Mac Jones. Yeah, it's going to be awesome to see. The future. Uh, really interested in hearing a little bit about what you think about these quarterbacks that went really late. Um, mm. I, 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 and I'll, I'll just list them off for you. The three that went like back to back to back almost. You see Kyle Trask go to Tampa, which I thought was an absolute perfect situation for him. Kellen Mond right after going to Minnesota. And then Davis Mills to the Houston Texans, which I thought was interesting. And then way down the line, you saw Ian Book go to the Saints. So, um, and we'll talk about Ian Book. I'm going to bring up a point about that and what the Saints are doing. But any three, any of those four jump out at you? Like, mm, that's interesting. Why are they doing that? Yeah, I don't know. I can, I, I get what you're saying, the Trask fit. I just, that just felt like there was probably players there that could have added on to this, you know, some, some depth in their current team and, and what they're going for as far as the Super Bowl. But I get that you got to invest in the future. Tom, Tom might play forever, but you know, probably still, still the odds are out on that. Um, I kind of, you know, we talked about Kellen Mond. You liked Kellen Mond to go uh, to the saints early. And I, that was my uh, most intriguing quarterback out of the, you know, my sixth quarterback on, on the draft board for me. Uh, and I think that's an interesting fit in Minnesota. Um, again, you know, Kirk cousins is there. Doesn't necessarily, hasn't been, has been crushing it out there. He's had some, some good seasons throwing it around, but it's getting paid a lot of money. So I think when that contract's up or just about up, whenever they have their option to not renew that, um, maybe, maybe go to a younger quarterback and, and try and try and go that way. Cause I don't think Kirk's getting into the Super Bowl. Nah, you're, you're, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, but like, I think he's only got a year or two left on that deal. Yeah. So it makes it, sense. It's, it, it does make sense to get Mond in there. And Mond's a very versatile, different type of dude. Like, you know, uh, we talked about, he's like one of only three quarterbacks in the SEC all time to throw for 9,000 yards and rush for 1,500. I, I think that's, I think that's what it is. So, you know, the, the kid can play. I want to talk about Ian Book. And, and not really Ian Book. I'm, I don't really care that Ian Book got drafted by the Saints. It, it, it intrigues me, though, because the Saints um, were rumored, and this was like if you listen to Michael Lombardi this week, he said he had it under good pretenses that the Saints were trying to move up to get Mac Jones. So to me, I'm like, huh, that's interesting, because you would have thought, like, and, and we've kind of had a difference of opinion on this, and you kind of had said that, that the saints are going to go with Jameis this year and, and not Taysom Hill. And I've kind of said the opposite. Um, but now that I'm starting to like realize I'm like, they went after Mac Jones and then drafted Ian book to me. I think that Sean Payton, um, I think that's telling us a little bit about what they might do at quarterback this year. And it feels like maybe Winston might actually be the guy. I don't know. Yeah. Again, I just, is Taysom Hill, nothing shows signs that they want Taysom Hill to be the true under center, like every snap quarterback. Like he does way too much on the team. You take him and you move him to quarterback. You lose every other little, you know, nifty and, and niche thing that he can do. And I just don't think the value versus again, cause it's not like he's the most talented thrower. He's not, the most accurate guy in the world that you want just chucking the ball around. So clearly is the other guy that we're talking about is not either Mr. 30 for 30, um, uh, James Winston. But again, when you have James Winston, you can still get Taysom Hill on the side. You get, you still get a side to Taysom Hill when you have James Winston starting. True. It's true. And, and, you know, maybe I didn't put that together. I really thought that the saints were going to re revamp their entire offense. Um, but you know, it, it's just interesting with, with uh 
with the Ian book, like, which by the way, I think his prop was like, he was like over under 200 and they picked him with, I think pick 133. So uh, props to Ian book for getting drafted by the saints, I guess. I hope he makes the team for crying out loud. Yeah. It'd be interesting. See, again, yeah, that's just another team quarterback quarterback uh, issues, not in quite a, um, not as high up as, as the San Francisco situation is, but another interesting quarterback uh, shakeout that we have in New Orleans. Yeah, it is certainly interesting. Um, Matt, do you want to play a little good, bad, good draft, bad draft with me? I think we could do that. I think we, I think we, we can put that together. <laughs> I'm glad. All right. So we're going to give you a little bit of the good draft, bad draft. We don't give grades out on here. This is pass fail, basically kind of class, you know? So to me, I'm going to, I'm going to say a, a good draft, and you're going to say a bad draft, and then we'll switch off vice versa. Um, so um, without further ado, let's just go ahead and do it then. And I'll start. So to me, I thought the best draft, the best draft of the night, and this is going to sound crazy because this team is, you know, is who they are. And, and we probably have them, we probably have them sent to the barrels and to the dungeon of the bottom of the NFL. I'm a huge fan of what the Detroit Lions did. I'm a huge mm. fan of what the Detroit Lions did. I thought that they got, like, you want to talk about guys that, like, are going to bite kneecaps? Like, they got a lot of guys like that. A lot of guys like that. And and I just want to go through them really quick because they just drafted. Um, obviously, they get Penay Sewell, and that's, like, the best guy in the draft. But I'm also looking at, guys, they get the second-best defensive tackle right after Christian Barmore goes. They get the Onwuzurike kid out of Washington – so they get him and Aline McNeil out of North Carolina State, who I'm hugely high on. So those three guys alone, like I would be totally cool with. And then obviously I love Ifiatu Melanfanu out of Syracuse. So, you know, and, and then they got Amon Ross St. Brown too at wide receiver. Like they got a lot of really good players uh, in this draft and a lot of value pick. I love the type of players that the Detroit Lions got. That's my, my best draft out of the good draft. Yeah, no, I, I like them too. Again, they, they, they got a lot of guys that, they're, yeah, they're not – nobody's really treated them as like a win-now kind of team. So they yeah. got a lot of pieces that you could add to your core and you could really kind of build the framework of a team before you start adding those last few pieces that you need. Um, I love – yeah, I love a lot of their picks. And absolutely, definitely um, a, a fit for Coach Campbell, I think. It, it is exactly. You hit the nail on the head with that. Um, all right. So my turn, bad draft. This one's interesting. And, and I kind of – it was kind of my gut feeling. And then I was looking around and I kind of saw a little bit of the same reaction. And I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys mm. didn't have the best draft. So yes, they invested, I believe their first six or seven picks on defense, which they you know had to do. And the majority of their picks were on defense. I just don't know if they filled kind of the positional needs that they need the most, if that makes sense. Like, like Micah Parsons at 12, they took the best available. The guy, again, speaking of draft videos, he had a good one. He's clearly yeah, his whole family's Cowboys fans. And it was, man, he got the call from, he got the call from old Jerry. I don't, I don't think anybody's teared up faster from Jerry. Just being like, hey there, Micah. Uh, <laughs> excited to be a Cowboy. Um, but, you know, they've invested a lot in linebackers in the, the past few years. And they have, you know, they've invested a first round pick in Van Der Esch and, and they also get uh, another good linebacker later in the draft, the LSU uh, Jabril Cox. Yes. Um, and again, that's kind of being rated as two of their best picks. And it's like, 
they got some guys for the secondary, but I think I would have wished that they maybe prioritized it a little higher and maybe got one of these guys higher up. They got Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky. I just, I don't know. I don't know if they met some of the needs that they really need to on the defensive line. And, and they kind of are investing in the same positions that they've kind of already invested in and just missed on. Yeah. I, I don't really understand. I got the Micah Parsons thing because they couldn't draft a corner there. Now it was like, yeah, All right. well, the value is out because we have to trade back. So Horn and Sertan went, yeah. Right, after Horn and Sertan went with the with the Eagles. So I, I kind of agree with you, though. Them to get – I mean, Jabril Cox was a great value pick. I mean, a lot of people had him going in the second round. Well, they get him in, like, the fourth or the fifth round. Like, yeah, uh, it was a good pick for them. It was just – I don't know. Like, they, they do have a lot of linebackers. Does that mean Jalen Smith is not going to be there next year? They're not going to repay him? Like, um, I don't know. I don't know that that's, that's Jerry world, man. And, and guess what? All those guys, every single one of them has off the field issues. He doesn't care. Like you know, every oh, that, that's the other thing too. I mean, yeah, there's, it's just, we're taking a shot on all these guys. So we'll see how many of them make the team. Yeah. Exactly. Outside of Parsons. Right. Well, Parsons is definitely making it, but I mean, it's, it, it's a risk with all those guys. Uh, my bad draft. And, and this is literally, Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, yeah, I guess okay, we can go like this way. Sorry, go ahead. I thought okay. I was going to go good draft first, but no, that makes sense. You go bad draft. <laughs> okay, I'll go bad draft. Um, uh, Green Bay. Just and, and yeah, yeah. adding in with the Aaron Rodgers stuff, but like Eric Stokes out of Georgia, like what are we doing? Like that was that was that was the first like reach reach. It was like, huh? Huh? I, 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 I mean, like you might as well have drafted the Vanderbilt girl kicker. Like, like, like that's, that's who you might as well have drafted. And, and nobody was going to be happy with anything they drafted because it was like that. But like, it, you know, I'm just saying like, I, I don't, I don't understand why. And I get their next two picks like Josh Myers, Ohio state center. Like they just lost Corey Lindsay. Got it. Loved Amari Rogers. And we'll be really upset like that. He's if Rogers, leave, if uh, Aaron Rogers leaves and Amari Rogers now on the Island in green Bay, but like, I just don't think they really addressed anything and they didn't get anybody of significance in this draft where I'm like, Oh, well, that's a good pick. I, I see nothing. And, and again, for like what the 11th straight year going with the defensive player and Jordan love, it's like, okay, I guess, I guess we're just throwing this away or we're, we're tearing it. They're, they're going to have to tear it all down. I mean, I don't see how they don't tear it all down unless Jordan love is as good as they say he is and as good as they think. I don't know. Yeah, I, I again talk about like they're not they're not even trying to like you know correct their mistakes too late and like you know no. go back and try and appease Rodgers in this draft like they just did the same exact damn thing that we're doing and not for nothing got to bring up that cornerback really shot a prop that we had in the foot uh, oh. we were sitting we were sitting on a push for the cornerbacks taken in the first round and they had to go ahead and reach for one that did, did not belong in the first round at all so thank broke, you for that Green Bay broke our hearts yeah that that alone. I'm grading them an F. <laughs> Just absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> Give me a good draft, now, huh? Good draft. I'll tell you what. This is a team we liked a lot last year, and you think I'm crazy for liking them again, but I like what they did in the draft, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Baltimore Ravens, they go out, obviously, before the draft, the Orlando Brown trade, so they end up getting two first-round picks. Uh, they get the Chiefs' 31st pick. They, with the 27, they took Rashad Bateman, a bigger outside wide receiver um, that kind of – offers a little something different than Hollywood Brown offers them right now in, in, um, in Baltimore, they bring in Sammy Watkins, few more passing options there for Lamar. Um, I really like Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Yes. And then they go with, um, I'm going to kill this one. A Dophi away 
Oh, Oway. I know it's always the last name. <laughs> Jason Oway is is is, is um, like I guess Americanizing. I don't know what, okay, how wow. you say it, but like, I, I'm re- I'm reading off NFL.com and they yeah, got it. <laughs> but it, it, yeah, that's his real name. Yes, his native name. Uh, but Oway, which I think is, you know, there everybody was worried about him. He didn't have a single sack last right. year at Penn State. He didn't get home once. Um, but he's got just the absolute raw talent. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a, a great unit for him to be involved in with, again, a ton of those, you know, they lost a lot of pieces off their line, um, but they still retained a lot of really good pieces. So being able to mix him in, I think he's going to be able to learn from their coaching staff tremendously and get in there. And then they are able to uh, add something to their line and they take Ben Cleveland out of Georgia, right. who this, this man is, I think he played the mountain on game of Thrones. This <laughs> is a, huge huge human being uh ben cleveland um and then they had they had uh, some cornerback help and some wide receiver help led later in the draft some you know another another wide receiver pick in uh tylon wallace out of oklahoma state that's big um, that's a big good that's yeah. a really good wide receiver class and now they get rashad bateman and tylon wallace tylon wallace was a really good receiver last year at oklahoma state yeah so i really like what baltimore did good pick i like that one i like it uh, let's go to my next good draft here. Uh, I don't, I don't think anybody, I, I said Detroit had the best, but this is like one, one B Cleveland Browns did amazing in this draft. They really did. Ah, uh, yes. I, I knew we were going to do, I, I love that one too. They're definitely on my list. They, they getting first off addressing the secondary, which is something that they needed to do and getting, uh, Greg Newsom was their first pick. But we were always talking like linebackers. I loved Zayvon Collins to the Browns. I thought that that's where he was going to go, and then he got and then he got drafted by Arizona. Um, but how about Owusu Koromoa falling to the Brownies? I mean, I, and not just falling; like he fell far. Like he was picked fifty-two. Like that was a, a what a what a steal. We, we were and sitting then, there. On the, we were sitting there on the Facebook Live, being like. This has got to be JOK. JOK has yeah. got to be going now. Watching the first round, like from like 19, 20, 20, like he just fell. I mean, steal, steal the draft. Continue. Absolutely. Absolute steal the draft. Uh, I think it was maybe the hybrid thing of like linebacker safety. Didn't know what he was, but they're going to use him really well. And he had some health suck him up, but right. Before. right. So I think that was really it. And then uh, let's just get the fastest guy in the world. That's going to be at the Olympics this year. Like Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn. Like, okay. Like let's, you know, just a little gadget guy there. So you know, I love, I love um, all these. And then some late round picks that are really good. This dude, Tony Fields out of West Virginia, if you watch his tape and like last year, he was an absolute freaking monster. Like he would, he would decapitate people. He was sick. So he's a, he's a bash brother. And then you've got Richard LeCount out of Georgia, the safety, who's another bash brother. And then Demetric Felton, the wide receiver out of UCLA, who's like a wide receiver running back combo. So I think they did the best job of like spreading out the positions, but like taking value. The Browns, excellent job. And I'm starting to believe I'm in Cleveland now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting sucked so bad. I'm getting sucked into it. <laughs> you are getting sucked into it. <laughs> it's like a vortex. It's terrible. <laughs> All right. Uh, bad draft here. And again, I think this one might just, just come right off the top for a lot of people. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Our, our our friend Chris Rouse is not here to talk about this, but they take Alex Leatherwood in the first round, and I'm not the first person to make this joke, but that's just – I mean, that's just John Green going, hey, Leatherwood, man, hey, that guy's leather and wood. That guy's a hard worker. I mean, 
that guy would that, that's uh, there were so many more offensive tackles that were available prior to him they, that was a guy i think they could have got in the second round um in the second round they do get one of the better picks of the draft getting trevon morig um the safety out of tcu who again was a first round grade for a lot of people um then they continue to take two more safeties in the draft and i don't know what they're doing i mean I just don't know what they're doing. I think they reach on the tackle and then they take three safeties. The Raiders are without question, the most entertaining team to watch in, in the draft. Cause you just never know. You never know. That's like a perfect impersonation of what I can imagine. John Gruden saying to Mike Mayock in there, like, you know, he played at Alabama. He's a leather and wood. That sounds good, man. I'll do that. Like, that's just so perfect. Like it's, it's, it, it, it boggles the mind, but like, I wonder this though, if we flipped Morig and Leatherwood. Like, yeah, there is they, that. You know, like are, if, if he takes Morig in the first round and Leatherwood in the second, are we even talking about this? I, I saw a lot about that, but again, I just, three safety seems great. The like three a, safety thing is stupid. I mean, that's just, that's, that's just where I just don't think that they kind of did what they could have done in the draft. They, they could have done so much more, is, is all I'm saying. It just, did they draft yeah, any I, I, linemen? Uh, they did take an edge. They uh, let me pull that back up. They took um, Malcolm uh, Kunsi out of Buffalo. Wait, they took a guy from the Mac, though. They took a guy. I just don't know. It just doesn't seem like the right fit. They took Kunsi from Buffalo, huh? Like that. <laughs> yeah, Kunsi from Buffalo. Exactly. It's just another. It's just another name that we fall in love with. Like, all right, uh, Kunsi from Buffalo. What's up, Kunsi? Like, is that yeah. what we're doing? <laughs> Uh, oh, first time, long time. Thanks, Mike. I mean, it's just like it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. you know what? I, I just because you bring that up, I'm gonna jump you on this with the good team, bad team. Because again, no. I think I, I think we could go right here because I think I know my good team. I think it was the New York Jets. I really like okay. what the New York Jets did. Okay, obviously you get Zach Wilson. You know, ideas aside of what you think of the quarterback, they get a quarterback which they need. Uh, I love the trade up for uh, Vera Tucker. Uh, they move up, grab him, one of the better linemen available, who uh, was is versatile enough to play inside or outside. So they can, you know, I think it's something they desperately need as far as uh, a moving part. And then they get Elijah Moore uh, at the beginning of the second round. Who, I mean, if you again, if you're watching ESPN like I was, Mel Tuck, uh, Mel Kiper couldn't stop just absolutely screaming Elijah Moore from the rooftops. He yeah. loves Elijah Moore. <laughs> I love Elijah Moore too, especially in the second round. So I think that was a great pickup for them. Um, yeah, I just I like their draft. I like what they did just in the first two days, the first two rounds. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I the first three picks, and yeah, look, I'm not a Zach Wilson guy. Like I understand it, but like it's, it, I'm not gonna knock the pick. Like it, it's who they want. But then to get Elijah Tucker, the best guard in the draft, who can possibly kick out, play tackle, uh, you know, put him next to Becton, and then to get Elijah Moore, who's absurd, who led the country in in catches per game and yards per game. Like the guy is coming from the Lane Kiffin offense. Like you just love, love that. Did they also draft a tight end? I, I, I couldn't remember. I was actually just looking they, I know they drafted a running back um, and I'm trying to think of who it was, but I, they drafted a running back later on. Um, I don't see a tight end on here, but they tried drafted, drafted uh, Michael Carter out of North Carolina. Oh, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. I forgot about that. That's a real Wait, they drafted two guys named Michael Carter. They drafted Michael Carter, the second cornerback out of Duke in the fifth round. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just looking at this now. They have two Michael Carters on the team. Is he Michael Carter, the second on the team or in this family? 
Michael Carter the second is like second to Michael Carter the first. The North Carolina <laughs> the and Jets. Duke. They got two North Carolina, one guy North Carolina, one guy Duke, and they're both named Michael Carter. How do you like that? That's unbelievable. That might be the most Jets thing I've ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. Anyway, give give me a bad draft here, Danny. I'll give you a bad draft. Uh, I never liked this guy and, you know, it, it just wasn't my thing um, because so many people talked about, about speed, but I know they didn't have a lot of picks, but the Rams, like what, a, like, you know, another just speed guy and two, two at well, like I know our guy, Chris Kudzo wanted him really bad and like, he's wicked fast. There's no question, but he does like, he had like 21 drops in college. Like it's, it's a, it's just a gadget for Sean McVay to play with. And like, I just don't really see the direction after that. Like, uh, Ernest Jones, linebacker to South Carolina, Bobby Brown, D tackle at AM. Uh, they drafted a cornerback from Central Arkansas. Like, you know, I mean, to me, like, this was a really weird, really weird draft for the Rams. And they got a running back, a wide receiver again. They drafted a kid who was a, a D3 player out of Concordia College in Minnesota. Like, you know, I, I, there was really nothing that made the Rams better here. And I, I, again, I, I've always been on the side for the Rams. It's like, yeah, they got Matt Stafford, but they're going to pay for all the, all the money that they've doled out. And to just go out and get another gadget when you know, like your offensive line is so old, like so old uh, and you have a, an older quarterback. It just, it didn't, it didn't many, really make much sense to me. No. Yeah. I'm not going to make any arguments there. Um, just, yeah, I don't know. Very interesting to see. Again, obviously, new quarterback, Matt Stafford, and they really should have done a lot more to share up that offensive line. I agree. I mean, you got, like, what's your guy, Andrew Whitworth, who's just absolutely beaten down and is, like, <laughs> limping around the field. That's, like, your best guy you have in your unit, feels like. Like, he That's went like down 100... last year. He, he went down and the whole unit crumbled. Yeah, like, the guy's, like, 150 years old. Like, every year they're asking him to do one more year. Like, cause I feel like he's coming out of retirement every year. Like, it's it's bad. <laughs> So like, yeah. I don't know, like you're going to have to find players sooner or later. And I just, they have so many like weapon guys and I don't understand why you have this obsession with Tutu Atwell. So uh, to each their own, to each their own. Uh, you got to, you, did you do a good draft last? Are you going to go bad draft here now? Yes. So I'll, I guess I'll start, I'll start with bad draft now. That I've thrown us all for a loop. Um, all right. Well, before, all right. I got to save that one for next. I'm still just not quite sure if I think that one's a bad one or not. Okay. Bad one for me. Indianapolis Colts. Yes. They I didn't draft any offensive line. I agree. We don't draft any offensive line, no left tackle position to replace Costanzo. And they went edge rusher on their first two. And I get that that's probably like their biggest need. So you kind of, you go with, you go with Quiddy pay in the first, and you go with another name that I'm going to just murder here. Oh, Oda Ying, Oda Yingbo. Oda Odigbo, yeah, um, out of Vanderbilt. Um, so you know, I get you need um, some some defensive pass rush, but then they went basically offense the entire rest of the draft. Besides taking Sean Davis, uh, the safety, and and they take Sam Ellinger. Why? I don't know. Why? I, I don't understand. Why, I don't understand this at all. Why did they take a quarterback and another tight end? They've got a thousand tight ends. <laughs> another tight end, but like, why do you draft Sam Ellinger? You have Carson Wentz and you drafted Jacob Eason last year. Like, what are we doing? Like, I, I, I didn't understand that. I love the Quiddy Pay pick. Like, that was a great pick for them. That's one of another one we nailed. 
but like why but yeah uh, why other than that i don't i really don't like much about the whole the rest of the draft so it's like they they nailed it day one but the other two days where they had picks in every round or every round except for the third i just don't i don't necessarily know what they uh they made it happen yeah i i i kind of agree with you i i, I wasn't a huge fan of what the colts did you know who i was a huge fan of what they did though maddie hmm I was a huge fan of what the freaking Denver Broncos did on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. I absolutely loved what they were able to do. First off, you get probably the best corner in the draft, either 1A or 1B, depending on who you like. And Patrick Sertan, he fits perfectly with Vic Fangio and what they do on defense. Uh, he's seen every single coverage. He's played every coverage at Alabama. Man press, cover four, cover three, cover two. Like they've done everything in Alabama. He's going to fit perfectly in there. And then I'm just going down the list. I love everything. Like, I just love everything. Javante Williams, like who everybody had as like, you know, possibly the best running back in, in the draft. And that's mm-hmm. a perfect guy for them to use on offense. Uh, your guy, give me Wisconsin Whitewater. Just let's go. Like, oh. let's go. Let's, let's start chopping down trees in the woods with Quinn Miners. I mean, I just, I absolutely adore. And then to get him in the third round too which I did not think he was, I thought he was borderline first round pick. Like what a great value pick for the, for the Broncos uh, to get the Browning kid linebacker at Ohio state. Love that. Yes. Pick. I uh, think that's so, such a good value pick. And then the two safeties, especially Jamar Johnson, Jamar Johnson to get him in the fifth round. He was like a second or third round guy. They got him in the fifth round. He might be one of the best uh, cover uh, safeties in the, in the whole, in the whole draft. Like it's out of Indiana. He's really good. Caden Stearns had a good year last year at Texas. I I just, I adored, absolutely adored what they did in this draft. I don't know how you felt. Yeah. Again, I was upset at first, obviously, you know, I I, thinking that we should have gone fields. Rogers news is making me, you know, I'm just wondering if they really felt like again, because Mark Schlereth was saying, and even before the draft that the Broncos were working on something, the Broncos. So it's like, maybe they really do have their foot in the door here and they're kind of just waiting for green Bay to stop arguing with themselves and answer the door and say, are you going to, you know, are you going to take this deal? Are you going to work with us or not? Um, and that's, you know, a reason that they didn't feel the need to uh, move to get a quarterback. Um, so in that case, I mean, Sertan clearly amazing cover corner. And as much as I was also thinking they don't need the quarterback help help um, because of who they signed, the guys that just signed are on one year deals. And, you know, having lockdown cover corners is kind of been at the core of Broncos teams for a very long time. They covet having, you know, good cover corners that they can have for a long time. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, And it's same thing with um, Quinn Miners, that pick. Or say, sorry, same thing with the running back position. Melvin Gordon, last year, you get to go back to after this having a cheap running back. Um, And then, yes, when you sent me the thing about Quinn Miners, and then I actually saw – like he's one of the guys that actually had a video of him, like, like moving trees. Like it's like his hit, hit the pads, but he was hitting a, an oak tree in, in Wisconsin. <laughs> like, like, I love that. I absolutely love that. Dude, this guy was doing like squats with like, like fifth, like a hundred pound logs. Like yeah, he was, was carrying propane tanks over his shoulder. Yeah. Like this guy's an animal running up and down, running up and down stairs with like three propane tanks on his back. Like the guy's a freaking warrior. He's only going to get better. And at the senior bowl, the dude had a broken hand and he destroyed everybody he went up against in practice. He didn't play in the senior bowl, but all the practices, like he dominated D1 talent. I mean, this dude, 
I like it, Maddie. I like it. Put them right next to Dalton Reisner and freaking load up. Let's go, horsies. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. Do you have another bad draft or you want to go with a good draft or whatever you want? So this, this is going to be the last kind of bad one that I have here. And I want to get your opinion on it because I'm a little back and forth. What is, what's the one thing that we said the Buffalo Bills needed to add in this draft? I think we talked about this and, and them adding depth on the defensive end. Yeah, we really wanted some size on the defensive line. I just, I don't know if I'm sold on Gregory Rousseau. I just Mm. think, I get that the guy had, like the guy had 15 sacks. I understand this. And I I like the Basham pick better. Again, just because if we're talking about what they need with the size on the defensive line, Rousseau is tall. He's 6'7", but he's 266. Meanwhile, Basham is 6'3", coming at 275. Like Rousseau, like I've heard everybody talking about, like they're walking in. They thought he was at the wrong draft. Like he's a stretch four in the NBA. I don't know yeah. what he's doing over here. So obviously he's got long arms and, you know, those guys can be successful, you know, edge rushing on the outside. Um, I just don't know if I love them invest, having to invest two picks on the defensive line there. I mean, it works out. The rest of their team's really good, but I don't know. That was one I was really in between on. It's kind of what, just what I had. That was my they, take. They had an okay draft like i i love the first i do like the first two picks i like rousseau and i like basham rousseau where they got him especially i like him rousseau has the body of dwight howard he looks just yeah. like him he looks just like dwight howard but obviously he's smaller than him but like it, it's scary it's scary the physical attributes can those translate he's got a little bit of clowny in him like to me i, I that's what i sense about just watching him and like he may not go crazy every play. He didn't play this year. So like, it's hard, but like the guy had a huge year in 2019, huge. And I feel like people, he's either going to be a bust or he is going to be maybe the steal. Like he's all mm. of it or nothing to me. Yeah. And I, and I, and I tend to believe that he might be a steal. I, I really do. Like it just his body type and then bash him, of course, you know, yeah, you know, that's, that's another value pick. And, and just a guy you can keep rotating in. If the Bills get deep at that position, it doesn't matter. You put those guys next to Ed Oliver and the other guys that are there, like there's a, there's a lot of guys there that you have to contend with that are really big and you better have an offensive line to deal with it, you know? Yeah, no, I guess yeah, that was a stretch for a bad team. Bad draft, Houston, no picks. There we go. That's, that's my bad draft <laughs> of the year. Houston with absolutely nothing. Except, well, we, we didn't even talk about Dave. Did we talk about Davis Mills in the quarterback portion? We, we, we kind of just said, we said how weird it is and how just – how little faith they have that Deshaun's going to start this year. Yeah, no, no, he's, I, I don't believe he's going to play this year. I just can't imagine. And Davis Mills is, you know, it did give me an insight onto if the Patriots had not drafted Mac Jones, who they, they might've drafted Mac uh, Davis Mills just because it was Casario was the one that picked him. But outside of that, like it, that intrigued me, but outside of that, again, I told you Davis Mills does nothing for me. So whoever got him like Houston, okay, perfect place for him. Cause he does nothing. So <laughs> You know, he, he falls, he falls into like that perfect, like the string outside of Deshaun, like the quarterbacks that we've had for them. Like he's just so like Davis Mills, TJ Yates, like Savage, Tom Savage, like he, that name Davis Mills fits in perfectly with those guys. Oh my God. It, it's, it doesn't, it, fit. it just rings true every time. Like that TJ Yates thing and, 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 uh, and Tom Savage are like, you just hear that from Davis Mills. You know, Matt, another Matt McGloin style, like all those, all those guys. Like it's just, he, he lines up perfectly with that. Exactly. Uh, one more bad draft and one more good draft for you. And I'm interested to see. Uh, I actually have two more good drafts. My last bad draft, the Saints. 
Like, yeah, okay. I, I thought you were going to go there. I, I really didn't like them either. I, I didn't. I, I don't like Peyton. I mean, Peyton Turner is like is a project. He's a project, and and he's a huge guy. And maybe he's like the next Montez Sweat, where he's like massive and is knocking balls down all over the place. But like, you know, he's raw. He's really raw. And to draft him there and get a D end, like, you know, and and Pete Warner at linebacker too is like, all right, like he was okay in college. He wasn't really the best Ohio State guy. They draft Ian Book, like we said, and you know, they again they only had five picks and. I don't feel like they necessarily, you know, they, they needed a cornerback really bad and, and they didn't go after one at all. So, you know, it was either quarterback or cornerback for me. And, and I didn't really understand um, their process with it. They did draft a kid, a Debo out of Stanford, but again, uh, he wasn't as highly rated as most people. So, you know, I'm confused. I'm confused on the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, no, I, it, it makes sense. Like, again, the talk of the draft was they were going to trade up for a corner. So maybe after the top couple were taken, they just didn't have an interest in it. But it seems strange to me to not take one, you know, to, till the third round when they took one. So, yeah, absolutely. Do you have any more? Or are you, you, uh, you still on for what are we So, so I, I get it. I have, I have good drafts at this point. I guess I'm having a hard time being critical of teams more so. But um, uh, we mentioned, again, another team we mentioned in the quarterback section, which I like their quarterback pick is the Minnesota Vikings because. Uh, they really addressed their offensive line as well. Uh, so they, they were able to move, they were able to move back, acquired some more picks. They still were able to get Christian Darisaw from uh, Virginia tech for offensive tackle. They get Wyatt Davis later in the draft in the third round to play guard at Ohio state. Um, and then they added a couple more, couple more picks on defense, which they need Chaz, Chaz Surratt out of North Carolina, Patrick Jones. Um, so I, I really like what they did in the draft. Actually, they, they made a lot of really good moves. Um, adding to their their front seven on the defense and adding to their offensive line. Yeah, their depth that they had, like uh, they're going to have really good depth at the defensive line position. That's a really yeah. – Patrick Jones and um, who was the other kid? I'm sorry, I completely forgot. Why? Uh, no, sorry, uh, uh, Chaz Surratt. Chaz Surratt. Chaz Surratt is a dog. I mean, and he was a quarterback in high school. Like he's a really athletic player. So, uh, And then Christian Derisaw. I mean, perfect, perfect spot for them. Yeah, I'm going to go big, real quick. Big run blocker. Yeah, no, no question about it. I'm going to go real quick. I, I want to see if you if you react a certain way because we reacted a certain way when this team made their pick. I don't think the New York Giants had a bad draft, man. I thought they had a pretty good one. Oh, see, I, that's why I was setting up the Jets before. I thought you were immediately going to go Giants, and I'm like, all right, you're just not picking up what I'm putting down here. But I, now you you <laughs> like you like what uh, you like what he did. I want to I wanted to save Gettleman for last. You know, I, I hated the Tony pick at the time, but then yeah. I said again, I said, okay, they ended up getting Aziz Ojolari in, in the second round. And, and I'm like, I mean, Tony's a first round talent. And if we had flipped these two and he got Tony and Ojolari in the first round, the second round and flipped the two picks, like that's a really good first two rounds. And then you're adding in Aaron Robinson, who's one of the most playmaking cornerbacks in the entire draft in central Florida, adding in Ellerson Smith, a guy who I absolutely love. He's huge. I'm not going to want to talk about another Montez Smith or Montez sweat. Like if, if, if he can get faster and, and more like uh, consistent in his pass rush, Ellerson Smith out of Northern Iowa, he could be a really, really good steal. So I actually like, and, and they picked up draft picks. They picked up capital. They traded back twice. Like who would have thought that? 
So when we were making fun of Gettleman, I was like, man, like what an idiot. But now I'm starting to feel the other way about it. Okay. That's interesting. No, I mean, again, definitely them moving back and acquiring the picks was, was right move and, and good for them. Um, especially again, just to, to steal a cheap, cheap little third rounder from uh, from an in-division team. I mean, you got to love right. being able to take, take another, you know, NFC East teams draft pick. So, um, all right. I, I could see Dave, you know, Dave and Danny Gettleman getting along over there. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, we're, we're starting to reach across the aisle now, you know, we're doing what Washington cannot right now. That's what we're trying to do. And then, um, I'll just leave it. I mean, we like what the Pats did as far as beyond Mac oh. Jones. Cause again, as far as another good team, I was kind of just waiting for you to say it, but I think that they had a good draft. Excellent. Obviously yeah. get bar, get Barmore, the guy that we said loved. I'm sure you were, you were, thrilled when the guy that you were telling about earlier like oh everybody's talking about all these other Alabama players and I just want Christian Barmore and you freaking got him (laughs) that's all I wanted and you know what's so funny about that I'll tell you a quick story so my dad surprised me like on Friday by coming down for the weekend here to Virginia and he walked in right when the Pats traded like and he I'm like oh my god so like it was like oh my like it was crazy so then I'm like so then he they take Barmore and I'm like what a great five minutes. Like, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is great. Like, we just got Barmore. My dad's here. Like, frick. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love the pick. I love the Ronnie Perkins pick and and the and the running back, Ramon J. Stevenson. Like, Sony Michelle is gone. Yeah. I, I was Michelle just going to say, that, be, that is the great thing about that pick is it means see you, Sony Michelle, because we got Damian Harris in this guy now. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Like, this guy is a freaking athlete at, at how big he is. So, and then they got a Michigan guy too in, in, in uh, Cam McGrone, who I really like. So, you know, a, a great draft. I like six of the eight picks. I absolutely love them. Yeah. No, I definitely, definitely. Um, you have anybody else on your list? Cause again, I'm pretty much, I think that's about it. We got to see for me, man. how these guys perform in the NFL before we say any other BS flying out of our pie holes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, I think that's it. I think that's pretty good. Um, shout out though, to one more guy, yes. Grant Stewart. So we got Grant Stewart. We, me and him are officially best friends. It's no big deal. And I'm looking through on Sunday, on Saturday, and it was after uh, I was at a lacrosse game. I was doing a broadcast. Shout out Liberty Lacrosse, ALC champions, first conference championship ever. Um, and I'm looking through. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm not seeing him. I'm not seeing him. Like, you know, and I finally get down round seven. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he didn't get drafted. And sure enough, the last pick of the draft, Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Grant Stewart, linebacker out of Houston. I am just so freaking pumped that Grant Stewart got drafted. Mr. Irrelevant. The fact, I mean, the fact that he's missing, not just like, oh, I picked this guy and he happened to go in the seventh round, like Mr. Irrelevant. I I love that. Things are coming up. Things are just coming up Danny this week. I, are you playing, are you playing lottery ticket? Are you getting scratchers on the way home? Because I mean, you're just on a hot streak. Well, 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 Dogecoin's at like 70 cents now. So we're good, right? <laughs> that's, that's right. We're, we're the retirement fund. That's the retirement fund. I'm just so happy for Grant. I'm so happy for his family. I'm so happy that a guy like that got drafted. A guy who gives freaking a thousand percent on every snap and has the personality and spirituality that he has. So I'm just so freaking happy for him. But um, yeah, man, it was awesome. Uh, by the way, just real quick uh, before we say goodbye here, did you uh, win anything Kentucky Derby? I did not. I did uh, not play the Bob Baffert horse like a fool. 
like a fool. I had the seven. I had Mandaloon, who was right on the edge. He was about to take him. Uh, couldn't couldn't close it out. Fifteen to one, Mandaloon. Ah, oh, terrible, terrible. So the twelve to one Bob Baffert horse, another one. What's the seventh Kentucky Derby, right? Yeah, and I mean, how many in the past? Like five? Is he just won like? I don't even know how many straight. Is it like? few straight at this point or did he didn't win last year no he won the year before because i remember you telling me the same thing like how can you not bet on the baffert horse i think i had like five horses and i didn't bet on it this year but i'm like i should just throw some on the baffert horse just to like see and i didn't and and i was like oh man i should have done that <laughs> yeah yeah i threw out a few long shots and he was he or you know i guess kind of long shots just never the favorite um and yeah, I couldn't, couldn't make it happen. The thousand dollar horse. It was only a thousand dollar horse, Dan. That's all I kept hearing. How does a thousand dollar horse worth the Kentucky Derby? I don't know what that means. It doesn't sound like a lot of money for a horse. Dude, I feel like I could buy it. I could, let's get a thousand dollar horse right now. We'll split a horse right now. We'll run them and, you know, we'll get them into Arkansas Derby real quick. He'll be at Churchill Downs by next spring. It'll be fantastic. Yeah, we just need a jockey. <laughs> I'm sure we could find some small people around. But uh, that's pretty much going to do it for this week on the Sunday card, Maddie. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll probably we'll do some different shows as the weeks goes on. And we'll, 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 uh, we'll keep you updated on exactly what we're doing. And maybe throw some fantasy stuff in here. Maybe throw some extra, you know, other sports in it. As hockey playoffs start to get uh, heated up, we'll, we might dabble into that a little. And, uh, but it's going to be fun, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. NFL Draft 2021 in the books. Get ready for September. Get ready for September. We will be with you with all the NFL news coming up. Maybe I just have a feeling that our next pod is going to lead off right where this one led off with a bad, bad man. Maybe a little breaking news pod in our near future. I can only hope. One can only pray to God that that happens. The football gods might be doing some big movements, just like they did last summer. Might do it again this summer. I'm so excited. Thank you for Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth. I'm Dan Zampano. You can check us out on Spotify, on Google Pod, on Apple Pod, on sportscountry.net every Saturday and Sunday, uh, 11 a.m., 3 p.m., 5 p.m. on Saturday, and 11 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, and, of course, of course, our esteemed producer, even though he wasn't here, Lemon Pepper Blue Paracone, uh, will be back next week or whenever we come back. And, and ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for helping us establish all the new listeners that helped uh, with the viral video and all that stuff. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Dave Portnoy and thank you to Grant Stewart. Thank you to everybody. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. Can't wait for September. So for Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, and Dan Zampano, we thank you for listening to the Sunday Card.